Welcome to Cellcast, a monthly podcast from the Novo Nordisk Foundation Center for Biosustainability. In this podcast, you get one of our colleagues in the studio to talk about his or her hobbies, so we can all get to know each other a little better at the center. Your host today is Communications Officer Anne Vermelyke. Today, I'm going to talk to group leader of Enzyme Engineering and Structural Biology, Ditte Hedam Vellner. Besides being crazy about engineering enzymes, she's also crazy about getting her hands dirty, growing her own crops in the house share she lives in. Furthermore, she and her family has lived in the U.S. for almost three years, where Didi worked at JBI at UC Berkeley in California. Today we're going to talk about her favorite book and how she sees ghosts when she's sleep deprived and much more. And with these words, I would like to welcome my guest. Welcome, Ditte. Mange tak. <laughs> um, we're sitting in the canteen of Building 220, uh, so if there's a bit of noise uh, in the studio, that's the reason. Uh, Ditte, I've asked you to bring something today that would tell a story uh, from your life. And I know you brought a statuette. Um, and first, uh, I think that we should try to describe this uh, beautiful full piece of art to our listeners. Um <laughs> It's approximately, would you say, uh, 30 centimeters tall, mm-hmm. and uh, well, it's uh, made out of uh, different kinds of metal, and it's not. Uh, I wouldn't describe it as uh, elegant. It's more like a brute, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a man. It has a tie made of some weird, like um, very sticky goo thing. <laughs> and it has toes made of uh, little uh, screws and yeah all all its parts are kind of industrial looking yeah mm-hmm. so can uh, can you tell us uh, why why did you get this uh, this statuette <laughs> yeah uh, i got i got it as a best thesis award from the uh, max four lab in in sweden so that's a uh, That's a synchrotron, a big uh, experimental facility that generates X-rays, and where we go quite often uh, as crystallographers. And they had, at one point in 2013, a competition for best thesis that involved data from the synchrotron. Okay, and so you were so lucky to get this uh, in a very uh, hard competition. It was tough. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so of course, I mean, I was not the one submitting my thesis. My supervisor did that, and I was already moved along in my life. I didn't think so much about it, and then later on, I was notified that I had won this award, and of course, I was happy because it's always good to have an award to put in your CV. And then I traveled to Lund to give the victory speech and all this, and all all the way, I was feeling a little weird because I think this whole award thing is a bit. Um, strange for for Danish people it's not something we are brought up with a lot and then uh, I came back home and a few days after one of my professors she came and said said you know congratulations with the award I'm sure you know you're the only one who submitted anything <laughs> <laughs> and to me that was a that was really a fun or le- a big learning experience because also in the years after I think that having this award has sort of like opened a lot of doors for me even if it is basically an empty award right i mean there were no competitors so that just shows me and hopefully you that there's a lot of like 
can I say BS in, in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in this world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we yeah. just have to sell ourselves and uh, it doesn't really matter if there's anything to it. Yeah. But it's nice to have on your shelf at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy about the <laughs> item itself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep it at home. I keep it here as you've been. Okay. <laughs> um, I know you have been living in California, working at JBI for a couple of years. How was it like uh, living in the U.S.? Yeah. So it was uh, it was a really, uh, really, really good experience. Um, we were a bit skeptic when we moved. Uh, we never dreamt of living in the States uh basically moved for the job but it turned out to be a really really cool experience for both me and my husband and our two kids at the time. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um and uh, now to the more philosophical part of the uh, broadcast if you can uh, say that but um what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Um so that's uh an advice I got from a wife to one of my husband's old childhood friends so not a a woman i know very well but she once told me that you know nothing is permanent everything is just a phase no matter if it's a phase in your career or a phase in your kid's life or whatever it is it's just a phase and you need to remember that all the time Mm, so even though things can get tough it's it's just it's gonna blow over and also if it's really good that's also gonna blow over (laughs) okay (laughs) it's good to uh, to have in mind um what's the weirdest thing you've ever experienced um so i think uh, i don't think i've experienced lots of weird things or maybe i just don't notice them but i think uh, when i'm very sleep deprived i i tend to see ghosts around my home uh, during the night for example if i walk up and down the floor with a baby or something like that i just see weird creatures moving around and i think that's super weird but i also I'm pretty sure it's just like a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Does it freak you out or no? No. I'm, I mean, uh, that it, we're talking about situations where I'm pretty far out. <laughs> okay. I don't have any energy to be freaked out about some ghosts <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what do you find to be the most annoying thing about yourself, if any? Um. So I think I'm quite stubborn, and. Um, I really like to win everything also even if it's not a competition and I think that can be annoying both for myself because it's maybe you know sometimes be nice to just relax and not try to win all the time and it's also super annoying for people of other like other personalities they don't really maybe relate to this so for example I had a conversation with my one of my postdocs here that we both like really to sing and we would like to go out for karaoke and then I hear myself saying something like and I bet you I will win. And then afterwards I was thinking, but karaoke is not really a competition. How can you win in karaoke? <laughs> so that's, I think, a little <laughs> annoying. Um, also, I would like to hear if you have like a favorite book uh, or a book you would like to recommend others to read. Yeah, so I've just finished reading a really amazing book called The Power mm-hmm. uh, by Naomi Alderman. Um, British uh, female author and it's really cool and very different from anything else I've been reading lately so it's kind of a dystopia or like a sci-fi story about the near future where suddenly all teenage girls in the world develop this this, uh, ability to give an electric shock through their palms and that really has some serious implications for society. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe others would uh, like to read read that af- after this. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Yeah, so I don't have a lot of spare time. Um, but I think before, I, when when I had more, before uh, I guess growing really up, <laughs> I like to sail. I had a small sailing boat. And I like to do that once in a while still, mm-hmm. even if I don't go get to go very often. And I like to uh, work in my garden. Uh, we have recently moved into a co-op living place where I actually have access to a garden, so that's nice. And then I play the piano, classical piano. Mm-hmm. Do you do that by yourself during <laughs> night time? <or> well, <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating if I say that I do it at all, but <laughs> I used to play a lot when I was young yeah. and I was in different orchestras and, oh. and stuff. But since I got my own kids and a uh, career, <laughs> I, it's mostly by myself and it's not very often. Okay. <laughs> but it was classical yeah. musical? classical okay. music. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for a short quiz called Would You Rather? So I'll uh, give you three questions. Here we go. Would you rather eat a beaver with hair and teeth or have experiments fail for an entire year? (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one. (laughs) I think I'd rather eat a beaver, of course. (laughs) I think everybody here would say that, but I'm really bad at eating weird stuff. So it's a tough one for me, but of course... I mean, that pain would be over in a day and the other one would maybe never be over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've actually tried uh, myself to eat a guinea pig in Peru. Uh, That was kind of weird because they had just chopped it in half and grilled it. So uh, it was with teeth and everything, but it kind of tasted like chicken. So (laughs) I don't know if (laughs) beaver is the same thing. Yeah, We also had some neighbors in California that would serve really weird stuff so they were Chinese and when they had kids birthdays they would have us over and they would have like chicken feet hanging from the roof in their garage <laughs> like raw but mm. I did not eat it okay. my husband did my husband was the polite one okay <laughs> so next up uh, would you rather have invented the wheel or the post-it and why yeah so of course the wheel like I mean the post-it is a post-it is like a marginal uh, modern commodity mm-hmm. the wheel is everything yeah Uh, which scenario is scarier? Having to talk to a crowd of 500 critical peers about your research or having to go camping with 50 teenagers with only you to hold track of them? Yeah, so that was an easy one. That's, of course, uh, very, very scary to be with 50 teenagers. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're completely unreliable and uh, not fair and stuff. I expect my peers to be fair if, <laughs> I mean, at, le- at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Teenagers are scary. Mm. Yeah. Did uh, you got the the cellcast baton from uh, Michael Kro Jensen, uh, who you've uh, crossed career paths with before entering the CFB? He wanted to ask you how you ended up studying glycosyl transferases. Yeah, so that was of course a complete coincidence. So I started the first like uh, independent uh, decision I took was I wanted to be a crystallographer. So that's how it started, and I asked a crystallographer professor at the University of Copenhagen if I could join her group, and then I also said I wanted to work with human proteins because I was, I thought that was more interesting, and then she matched me up with a uh, Henrik Clausen that most people here will know, and he's of course also working with glycosyl transferases, and that's how I started, and then I tried to leave for a little bit after uh, completely crashed down master thesis and did some other stuff with transcription factors and stuff, but. 
it it always kind of was heavy on my CV, so it was hard to escape, basically. And then at one point when I was in the U.S., I decided if I can't escape it, then I just have to embrace it and find some cool glycosyl transferases instead of all these that you can never work with that crash out between your hands, like the human ones are very, very difficult to handle. So then I decided to look for that, and then I was just lucky to meet John Duber, mm-hmm. and then he had a glycosyl transferase that was well-behaved, and that's how it started. Yeah. Okay, so we like uh, we like enzymes that are well behaved. We like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that helps when you're an enzyme engineer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but can you tell me uh, in in a few words because that could be a long answer? But why are proteins and enzymes so fascinating? Yeah, to me it's fascinating that you can have so many different fu- functions from one type of molecule. So basically, you know, there is 20 amino acids that you can build from, and then you can have proteins and enzymes that do so like many different things basically everything mm. i think that's super fascinating yeah so you can build stuff from from just knowing about enzymes yeah and also they can look so different mm. like um, uh, the other uh, biological macromolecules like dna for example is more uh, is less varied in mm. its structure proteins can look in so many different ways and many of them are super beautiful and highly symmetrical and all this i think that's super fascinating mm. um So we are actually getting to the end. Um, Have you thought of who you would like to pass uh, the baton to? Yep. So I would like to give it to Dennis Sheppelin, who is, uh, I think he's a PhD student, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in data science and automation. And I don't know him very well, but I think he... He would have some some interesting input for you. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll uh, ask Dennis to talk to us uh, for the next podcast, and um, I guess that's it. I learned a lot about you, Dida. Uh, especially, I'll go for the win if I ever find myself in a karaoke bar at some point. And uh, so, thank you very much, Dida, for sharing, and thanks to our listeners for listening. Okay. Okay.